Welcome to the Battleground, Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action, and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. Rebecca Lynch is gone this week. We will have her back next week. Uh, Rebecca again with the Working Families Party. But we do have a special guest, and that is Lou Sosa. Lou's is an organizer here with us at Citizen Action. Lou's great to have you. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, it's great to have you again. We've had you on in the past. And Robert Craig is with us. Robert is the executive director here at Citizen Action. Robert, good to see you. Good day, everyone. So we're really ex- we're really happy to have Luz with us today. We're going to actually spend some time uh, starting the show by talking about ICE, and in particular, ICE this week detained and is looking to deport one of our members and one of the members that Luz knows so well. Luz, why don't you um, start by just uh, giving our listeners a little background. Tell us a little bit about what's what's happening, and then let's get into discussion a little bit more about uh, Ricardo uh, Firo, who, who was detained. So I met Ricardo about four years ago. He actually organized a, a big rally in Racine, um, you know, and, and he has been one of the main leaders in Racine when it comes to immigration. And so uh, he actually brought Congressman uh, Luis Gutierrez to speak on the issue of immigration and why uh, immigration reform was needed in the United States. And so he had been he has been one of the key leaders in Wisconsin trying to bring this issue and, uh, you know, trying to help immigrants um, who had been in this country working and doing the right thing for their families and that they just needed um, to get documentations, you know, which is something that we have been fighting for so long. And um, and about three years ago, when I started working at Citizen Action, that's when I talked to him about uh, Acción Ciudadana and what we were doing here in Milwaukee. And he was one of the first people to encourage me to organize people here in Milwaukee and, of course, in Racine. And uh, he was always telling me that we needed to have, you know, more members in Racine even, um, you know, and when the time came that he would be more than willing to help me to organize that area. And um, so he has been, uh, like I said, one of the, our key leaders um, always, um, he has actually been always on the radar for our organization. And I had just been talking to him about the Racine elections for mayor and also the um, the state assembly race that was happening there. We had long conversations about, um, you know, how we can continue the movement and um, and just working. So tell our listeners then what what happened to him this weekend, if I'm correct. Yeah. So from my understanding, and this is from what I heard from other people and other sources, is that he was visiting his mother um, uh, at night on uh, Wednesday night. And uh, as he was coming out from visiting his uh, sick mother at around 3 a.m., uh, as ICE um, stopped him and, uh, and, and, and just grabbed him. So he didn't have any felonies, any records other than driving without a, di- a license. Uh, but uh, as you guys all know, um, you know, undocumented people cannot have driver's licenses in the state of Wisconsin. And so um, so there were two occasions that, unfortunately, he was stopped uh, driving without a license. And so um, in this time, uh, they just they just basically snatch him. And just to tell you a little bit about uh, Ricardo, he, he's a father. He, he has seven children, uh, the youngest being four months old. 
And so this is really a bad situation, not just for our communities, because we're losing a great immigration activist, but also for his family that now will be in a situation where, um, you know, the mother is going to be with seven children trying to raise, raise them by herself. And so that is why our community is coming together and trying to see if we can, you know, write uh, uh, letters of character for him and trying to make sure that the judges uh, see him as a human being and as a community leader and that we need him to stay here and in Wisconsin. Yeah, no, he is clearly someone who is deeply involved in our community, and it shows. Um, we record Thursday morning, and on Wednesday, a, a letter came out. It might have been Tuesday. Very large number of uh, state legislators and folks really wrote in on his behalf, you know, similar to what you're saying, real character assessment about how important he is to our community and what a amazing individual, him and his family. You mentioned, right, key thing here it's been here a long time deeply integrated in our community and the family right has a, a family that depends on him or you know he's a critical part of this is what makes these kinds of what ice is doing so so tragic right and, yes, and unproductive and, yes and i think that he was uh, a target mainly because he's an activist too um, because, you know, they, they don't want people like him who are leaders and who show real good character to stay here. They, they want to show our communities as, you know, drug dealers and, you know, whatever they want to say. But uh, the reality is that our people are good people. These are people who uh, came here to the United States because they wanted to bring, uh, give a better life to their children and to themselves. And uh, they want to contribute. That is the reality. They want to contribute and they want to do what is best for our communities. I think this lays bare the immorality of our immigration system. I mean, he is in every way a citizen. We define a citizen as someone who is involved in their community, someone who is civically active, someone who raises a family, you know, plays by the rules. He does all of those things. He is a better citizen than a lot of people who are fortunate enough to be born here. Okay, but now because of where he was born, he can be just snatched away from his family. I mean, this is literally the kind of thing you imagine happening, you know, in the 1930s, right? You're just taken away from your family and then essentially shunned. We're throwing you out of the country. I mean, just the violence of it, really. I mean, just the physical force of taking someone from away their family and the kind of attitude that it's the law. I mean, slavery used to be the law, folks. So we have literally Robin Voss, the uh, Speaker of the State Assembly, uh, from Racine area, right, from the area. Uh, by the way, I should point out that uh, the Racine County Executive, Jonathan Delagrad, and uh, the Mayor, Corey Mason, have all written letters of support. Lou Sosa, on behalf of us at Citizen Action, has written a letter of support. Uh, but Voss says... My general attitude is, by and large, I try not to get involved when someone commits a crime or is charged with a crime until they go through the process to follow the law. So there's a process for him to follow. It sounds to me like ICE was in the legitimate right. It was not. He was not here legally. Of course, there are a whole lot of issues associated with that. I don't know the specific his specific story. Now, Wisconsin was famous in the 1850s for resisting the fugitive slave law. 
and refusing to send a slave back. And that's what it led to the, the evil Dred Scott decision, one of the worst in American history, which defined black people as not citizens. And, but that was a case that involved a, a, a Dred Scott being brought to Wisconsin, which was not a slave state. And so would Robin Voss say, I don't know about the case, but it looks like Dred Scott violated the law and I don't involve these things and maybe the Southern slave catchers were within their rights? Because that's what this amounts to. Yes, exactly. I mean, um, like I said, we have to look at the situation and, and peop a lot of people think that the separation of families is just happening at the border. And this is happening right, you know, right in our neighborhoods. This is happening right here in Wisconsin. And uh, we need to do something about it. And there is no path to citizenship because the right in this country literally wants to demagogue on immigration in order to hold power. I mean, literally, they don't want a resolution. Uh, we've had no willingness among conservatives to actually, except for a handful, uh, to actually do anything about this since Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan did do a large-scale adjustment, which legalized a whole lot of people. And ever since then, uh, as a whole, conservatives have refused to do it. I mean, my goodness, Obama uh, literally uh, did everything and offered everything they claimed they wanted, and then they still wouldn't do it, which, of course, tells you that they didn't want a resolution. Right, and, and the main reason why is because it's cheap labor. If, if you were to uh, legalize all of the 11 million people that, you, that uh, right now don't have documents, um, you know, a lot of companies would lose a lot of money because they would have to pay the fair wages that they deserve and other things. Cheap labor, you're totally right. Exploited people in the shadows are easier to exploit. But then also the politics, it's a great way to mobilize a whole lot of people who it's easy to make them feel like immigrants to the cause of their problem. So it's a great political issue. Without it, Donald Trump's not president. Correct. The politics of division is something that the, the Republicans, especially our governor, Governor Walker, loves. And so, yeah, definitely. So one of the lessons here is it's really critical to keep the organizing going. We need to or continue to grow folks like ourselves and uh, in association. So if people are listening to this, uh, it seems like one of the proper responses would be to get involved. Get involved in Action. What should someone do if they'd like to get involved in your organizing, Luz? Please give me a call. Uh, my phone number is 414-803-5466 or uh, email me at luz.sosa at citizenactionwi.org. So you're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. When we get back, we are actually going to continue talking about some of our amazing co-op members, and that includes Marissa Bell Cabrera, who's running for state assembly. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. So we're going to spend some time actually talking about a critical state assembly race here in the Milwaukee area. Um, one of our members, Marissa Bell Cabrera, is running for state assembly in the 9th uh, Assembly District, and it is on the uh, south side of Milwaukee. Stretches from the near all the way to the far south side of the city, but is basically entirely within the city. And Marissa Bell is a member who's been very active in Action and 
uh, very active in our community. And so we're really thrilled that we endorsed her. That'd be our Latino Caucus, Action Ziodadana. Correct. And so we wanted to spend some time today talking about that race more and talking about why Marissa Bell is so great. And so we're really fortunate to have a fellow member and, and uh, extended family. And board uh, member. And board mm-hmm. member, right, of Citizen Action. And that is Carmen Cabrera. Carmen, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today and talk more about Marissa Bell. Oh, buenos dias, and thank you, Matt and Luz and Citizen Action for giving me this opportunity. So tell us a little bit. You've obviously known her a long time, but this is a tremendous opportunity and why Marissa Bell is the right person for this opportunity to to get the state assembly seat. Well, I believe that uh, Marisa Bell is the right representative, you know, because that district has been um, represented um, by 16 years. Uh, you know, the incumbent has been this 16 years, and um, people are really needing, you know, bold leadership, you know, addressing, you know, the day-to-day, you know, experiences that they face and, you know, the growing problems that we're having here with, I feel, you know, the state being under attack and, you know, and cutting back so many needed services. And Marisabel has a proven track record of, you know, effective and dedicated leadership. Um, she comes from humble beginnings, you know. Um, she's a very, I would say, um, disciplined individual. And uh, it's natural for her to want to find solutions and step into those positions where she can bring about needed changes. And we have seen that, you know, through her involvement with, um, you know, the Democratic Party, chairing the Latino caucus and growing that. And even her position right now in the Fire and Police Commission, you know, she knows how to bring a balance, you know, she knows how to negotiate. And in a true, um, you know, representative, you know, structure that we have, people need to be included. All people need to be at the table. And I think she has that ability to do that. If people want to volunteer, so what are the times and, and who should they contact? Yeah, a race, uh, you know, not only needs, you know, an effective leader and great candidate, funding, but we also need um, volunteers um, to make phone calls, enter data, uh, knock on doors, deliver signs. Um, I can give you the phone number um, where you can reach out and get involved, and that would be 414-533-4666. And there's also a website they can visit, votemarisabel.com. And, you know, we work with anybody that's willing to help us um, get the word out, um, you know, morning, during the week, evening, um, pretty flexible schedule to plug you in. And for folks who are interested in getting together and actually meeting Marissa Bell before you go out, this Saturday at 10 a.m. we're going to be meeting at uh, Marissa Bell's home, which is uh, twenty is two two zero zero Leighton Ave and apartment one o four, and we'll be meeting there at ten o'clock and give folks all the training they need to go out and knock doors. And we're really hoping for a good turnout of uh, Citizen Action members and listeners uh, to the battleground, Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, because you know, as as Carmen said, we can have this great candidate. 
Um, but if we don't get out and knock the doors and make sure the right voters, the folks that are going to go vote on August 14th, hear about why Marissa Bell is such a good candidate, um, it, it may not be enough. So it's critical that we get out and volunteer. And especially given that um, her race will be decided on August 14th. Yes, so that's... we're down to the haywire. We have two weeks you know, to make this happen. That's a great point, right? I mean, a lot of races will be decided this November, but this is a solidly Democratic seat, so the primary is is, is the race. Robert, I know you have a question? Well, no, I was just going to point out that this would give uh, the Democratic caucus and state assembly our second Latina. So we double. Uh, we have Joe Castazamaripa, says an action board member now. This would double that and provide a progressive champion uh, that Marissa Bell is not someone who's going to sit in the back benches and just go along and people are saying she is going to stand up and be heard and be counted. And her leadership uh, as the chair of the police and fire commission has been tremendous. And she has really taken on uh, the question of police conduct and police accountability in a way that's shaken things up among a lot of the power brokers in the city. And we can expect that same kind of bold progressive leadership uh, once Marissa Bell is elected and is in Madison. So, Carmen, any other thoughts that you have uh, regarding Marissa Bell and why it's so important for folks to get out and support her? You know, um, obviously I have, um, you know, a vested interest here. Uh, you know, I've known her all my life. I've seen her growth, her development. But most importantly, just as a, you know, a resident of Wisconsin, this is an individual, you know, that understands what is happening right now in this political climate, you know. This is an individual who has a proven track record of being, you know, um, you know, upholding progressive values, you know, leading with integrity, you know, with honesty, with dedication. And she is the person that uh, can bring people together, you know, to dialogue, you know, that the district needs, that Wisconsin needs that, you know, and she's a fighter, you know, and she'll bring that bold leadership. And she's not afraid to, um, you know, to take on a battle. And she follows through, you know, and not only that, um, women, you know, uh, we need to have um, more women you know, leading, you know, we need to have more Latinas leading. That district is growing. It's becoming, it's probably going to be another, you know, majority, minority seat. And we need, you know, that type of individual. Our community needs, you know, that, that, that those type of, you know, role models, you know. And Marisabel is ready. You know, it's been a progression of, you know, growth and development where she really understands what is happening and she will be a great voice to turn Wisconsin around or help, you know, turn Wisconsin around to those values that drove us to be, you know, like a beacon of what progressive values are. And we have fallen from that and we're under attack. And that's the type of leader and fighter that we need in Madison. Yeah. For folks who don't know, the, the topic we were talking about before around immigration and ICE, one of the things that would be critical about having someone like Marisa Bell as an immigration lawyer to, and, and someone, as, as you said, Carmen, who's lived this life, right, will bring a depth of knowledge and leadership uh, where it's desperately needed. Uh, when you have situations like this come up, Robert was mentioning uh, Robin Voss's complete ducking of leadership here as it, as it went to Ricardo and that not like speaking up to what a 
great community asset he is, the exact kind of person we should want in this country. Having someone like Marisabel there to help lead, not only within the caucus, but you know, just lead publicly uh, would be absolutely critical in situations like this. And we've certainly seen that on the Fire and Police Commission. And, and that's why people stood up and elected her chairwoman, right? That's, that, that is an amazing demonstration of, of her capacity a, as a leader. So, uh, Carmen, thanks so much for coming on and for your leadership here at Citizen Action. Uh, you've been a, a really critical voice at very important times uh, in the last year or two, and we really appreciate that very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And don't forget Saturday, 10 a.m. on 20th and Layton. We wait to see you. I will, I will, I will see you everyone. there. <laughs> I'm bringing coffee, and we're going to have donuts. Oh, okay. So, everybody, it's going to be a great time. We'll see you at 10 o'clock on Saturday. Oh, and bring comfortable shoes. And <laughs> let me just also thank Carmen, not only for mentoring Marissa Bell as, as her aunt, uh, but also... Uh, just so folks know, Carmen represented all of the Citizen Action members across the state at the People's Action Delegates Assembly a couple months ago, and of course, uh, was very bold and strong in her leadership, as always. And with that, Carmen, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Okay, thank you all. Have a great day. So, obviously, very much uh, thanks to Carmen for joining us. Uh, Luz, I know you got to run. Uh, we really appreciate that you were able to take the time this morning. Extremely busy. But uh, before we go, can you remind our listeners if they want to get involved in Action and, and join our movement here? So, yes, uh, uh, please give me a call. Uh, my phone number is 414-803-5466. And if you want to join our Acción Ciudadana team, uh, we're working on elections. We're working on training workers. We're doing uh, a lot of things here in the community, and we would love your support. And with that, we got to take a break. This is the Battleground Wisconsin, and we are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin, where Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. And Robert, before we transition, just want to wrap up on, uh, we were talking about immigration, the ICE actions, and uh, Citizen Action's been involved in trying to end the uh, family separation and deportations. Uh, tell our listeners about an event that we're having up in the Wausau area this Sunday. Yeah, and we talked in the first segment about Citizen Action member Ricardo Fierro, a very, you know, connected member of the community in southeast Wisconsin who was picked up by ICE and separated from his family and the action to try to uh, prevent that from happening, that travesty from happening. Uh, but in addition, Citizen Action is working with our national affiliate People's Action on having cookouts in places that are not usually associated with uh, with with deep radicalism, not Madison or Milwaukee, but in small, medium-sized cities and broader rural areas. And so we are having a Families Blowing Together community cookout in Wausau on Sunday, August 5th, at Sunnyvale Park, 1000 South uh, 72nd Avenue in Wausau. And so, uh, and again, it's at uh, 1 p.m. Sunday in Sunnyvale Park in Wausau, and this is being led by our uh, Citizen Action North Central Wisconsin Organizing Co-op. And there are similar events in a number of states, a number of them in Iowa, North Carolina, um, Illinois, uh, other states. And so this is really a, a, an attempt to show that 
a lot of folks think family separation is an atrocity, not just our, you know, stereotypical liberal folks in the big cities. So with that, we are going to transition and talk about another one of our members and leaders running for office this fall and who has a absolutely critical primary election coming up, and that is Jeff Smith. And most of y'all know Jeff. He's been a lead organizer for Citizen Action in the co-op up in the Eau Claire, western Wisconsin area. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks, Matt. Robert, I'm glad to be on today. Hear your voices. So this is a unique situation. We've had you on before to talk about a lot of the organizing you've been involved in, but this is um, hopefully one of your greatest organizing projects, uh, trying to get elected to the state Senate. Uh, this is the seat that was vacated by Kathleen Vineout when she ran for governor. Jeff, tell, tell our listeners, right, they know about you as the organizer, but tell them a little bit about your campaign and why you're running and, and why you need their help so much. Sure, Matt. Um, my campaign is based on uh, the grassroots. You hear that all the time. Everybody says grassroots, but we really rely on knocking on doors, number one thing that's important to us. I currently, personally, am knocking on an average of 120 doors a day, and we have volunteers coming in every day and taking packets out as well. Uh, we also have opportunity for phone banking. We're asking our, our friends and supporters to... Uh, to uh, go, go online and, and make phone calls for us throughout the district. Uh, we've done all we can, uh, we think, working hard to uh, make this happen. I feel very good about our campaign. Uh, we reached out to all seven counties and voters in those counties um, and uh, continue to do so right up to Election Day. Jeff, uh it's no secret, folks that know you, that you would be running a grassroots door-to-door type campaign. What are you What are you hearing on the doors? What 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 is the main thing that's firing up, uh, folks in your district? That's really going to separate you from first your uh, your Democratic primary opponents, but then the critical general this fall. Certainly, a lot of issues. Education, public education, comes up an awful lot. But I would say, actually, the number one thing I hear from from people at the doors is they're sick and tired of the partisanship. I hear that everywhere I go, and I think that's an issue that we uh, don't generally um, pay enough attention to. And so I think it's important that we are able to respond in a way that, you know, I agree with you, um, and I personally, I've been there, and I know that I can actually work with just about anybody if given the opportunity. So that's important. Um, of course, where I come from here in western Wisconsin, and as you know, our organizing cooperative has been really zeroing in on, on, uh, on protecting our water. And that's important in this primary, very important in this primary, because my uh, major opponent is a Farm Bureau uh, uh, employee and uh, official, which the Farm Bureau is uh, is one of the one of the organizations that have pushed for factory farms and 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 uh, deregulation, um, so that their their uh, clients can expand and and uh, and spread more manure on our land, and we think that that's a really important issue in this in this particular primary. Yeah. So he, your major opponent, works for corporate ag, uh, which is part of a lot of what you're describing. This is and. You know, just for our listeners, a lot of people know this already, uh, but Jeff uh, 
served two terms in the state legislature and already has a record of being a progressive champion. And so we know what kind of leader he will be. He will immediately become uh, one of the leading progressive voices in the state Senate. And since we have a chance, a real chance to take back the state Senate, we need that kind of leadership because we need something different than happened between 2009, 2011, when Democrats had full control, Assembly, Senate, and the governorship, and didn't do very much, which I really do think set up the catastrophe of 2010 and this, uh, uh, you know, eight years of quite frankly, pillaging of the Wisconsin idea by the far right and Scott Walker. And so Jeff won't just hold the seat and keep it warm. He'll be a real progressive champion. And this is a district that's been held by Democrat. It's being vacated by Kathleen Weinhout, but it's also a swing district. So Jeff, you're going to have two races. You have a big primary, and if you win the primary, then you have a big general election as well. It's not like some of the seats we're contesting for in Milwaukee where the primary is the whole election. Yeah, and that's a good point, Robert. I live in the assembly district that was heavily gerrymandered for a Republican and did really well when I ran in that seat in 2012 when Obama and, and Tammy Baldwin were both on the ticket. I got more votes than either of them in that district, and I think that really bodes well for me uh, overall. And besides the fact that the city of Eau Claire, which is where I've run my business, grew up in, in the city of Eau Claire, um, have a lot of connections, and that's a heavily Democratic uh, uh, district. So I think overall I've got the strongest uh, um, ability to hang on to this seat for Democrats. And on that note earlier, what you mentioned, Robert, I've been preaching over and over and over again that you got to give Republicans credit when they took power. They were bold, and that's what we have to be when we get the majority in the state Senate. We have to be bold not fear um, anything, not run to the middle. We've got to go as strongly as possible. And actually, I'm looking really forward to and excited to be able to push our um, citizen action platform out there. For folks who have not had a chance to see our platform that Jeff is referencing, we'll have a link to it on our uh, podcast uh, site here. The Battleground Wisconsin, part of the Citizen Action Wisconsin website. Yep. And uh, so, Jeff... Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about volunteering, right? Because this this all doesn't happen if we don't get serious volunteerism the next couple of weeks to make sure that you get through the primary, and then we'll we'll deal with the general later. So uh, tell folks, particularly this Saturday, if you're off, what they can do uh, to uh, this weekend to get involved with you. Yeah, every weekend we are working um, out of the Eau Claire Democratic Resource Center at 440 Broadway Street so that people can come down there. They can get a little training, have a little snack if they wish, but also take out some walk packets and, and help us out. We are doing that every weekend. We have been for quite a while, and we do it on Sundays as well. We start at 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and at noon on Sundays. And, of course, they can once they take their packets, they could do it when they're able during the course of the week. But we, the more they take, the better chances we are having of winning this primary. Though if the they, other thing, of course, is phone banking. Though if they take their packet, they better finish their packet or bring it back, right, Jeff? That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we'll have... We're entering all the data. And, and uh, Jeff, you, you brought up the point, right? If you cannot canvas, you just physically are unable to or can't quite get there, or if you don't live anywhere near the district but want to help them out, we have links where you can call from home 
And so if you're a Citizen Action member or a progressive who really wants to see Jeff win, you can make calls from your home anywhere around the state and talk to voters, important voters, that Jeff needs to get out and support him about why it's so important and why electing someone like Jeff matters. So we'll have links to that where you can make calls into any particular part of the district that you'd like. And and these calls are are very important, too. Please do that because Jeff will represent all of us in the state Senate. And if we're going to pass a badge care public option right at the beginning of the next legislative session, we need Jeff there fighting for it. And, and you know, it's good to point out, too, that this is not something to be afraid of talking to voters. We are in a primary. We're basically talking to voters who already agree with us. We just need to remind them that they need to vote for Jeff Smith. Well, Jeff, we appreciate all the organizing that you've been doing in your community for years, and of course that you're uh, taking on the challenge to run for state Senate, uh, and of course uh, appreciate that you took the time today to come and chat with us. I appreciate you all down there. You guys have done great work for a long time, and as you know, Robert and Matt, we've known each other a long time from the very beginning back in the early 2000s, and you guys continue to do great things, and I appreciate you as as well. Well, with that, uh, we got to take a break. Uh, Jeff, uh, happy trails on those doors. Get back to knocking, and we appreciate you taking the time. You're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back. You're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. We are going to spend the last segment talking health care. We actually probably haven't talked enough health care recently. What we did I think the last time we talked about it, we mentioned that this issue is becoming the defining issue in the election, both nationally but also here in the state. Uh, Democrats are talking about it. They're talking about it as it relates to the Supreme Court nomination, what it would mean to potentially have someone strike down the Affordable Care Act, or the current sabotage that has been going on both at the federal and state level. And there are a couple of things that happened since uh, our last show that I wanted to get Robert's comments on and make sure all the listeners are fully educated uh, about what's going on. Uh, And that is, first of all, uh, President Trump this week, uh, uh, administration, uh, redid rules that are going to allow more junk plans uh, to be available for folks uh, that would allow them to get out of the exchanges. And, Robert, this obviously is something we've seen before, but uh, remind our listeners why this is so dangerous and so so such sabotage to the uh, Affordable Care Act. Yeah, and we actually have multiple acts of sabotage this week, uh, and they involve Scott Walker. I know it's hard to believe, Matt, but... Involves, we'll get to Walker second. Let's get Scott to Trump. Walker as well. Well, they both involve Trump. So... And I said this when we had a big press event uh, last weekend with uh, Nancy Pelosi, the House leader in Milwaukee, that we don't we want to normalize this idea of sabotage. I mean, we've been pushing for the use of the term sabotage for a long time before it was popular. Now everyone, all the Democratic officials, rightly so, are calling it sabotage. But think about what that means. It is literally, this is the analogy I used, Matt, it is literally like opposing the building of a bridge let's say a big bridge, Hone Bridge, anything like that, right? And then when the bridge gets built anyway against our opposition, trying to literally damage the bridge in opposition, not to agree, okay, they built the bridge, we have the bridge, the bridge needs to work, people are depending on the bridge, their lives depend on the bridge. And that's what they're doing. 
The Affordable Care Act has passed. It has been found constitutional. It is the law of the land. It has outlawed some of the worst abuses that uh, have outraged public opinion, like pre-existing condition discrimination, and they're still trying to undermine and sabotage it. And they can't repeal it. They tried, and they couldn't do it with full control, even though Trump and Trump damages presidency trying, and Paul Ryan lost his speakership trying, right? Uh, but literally, they continue, and it's going to kill people. And so we're passing over the other acts of sabotage, which have been constant, but the latest one is this. So... One of the things that caused the Affordable Care Act, Matt, to pass in the first place was that the insurance industry had a business model that basically said, we can make more profit, which Wall Street demands of us, and we want, we want to have big CEO salaries and big stock options. We'll make more profit if we insure healthier people and if we leave behind people who have health conditions or may have health conditions. And so this is the motive that caused insurance companies literally to have automatic fraud investigations into any woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer. And just imagine the impact on the family already devastated when mom is diagnosed with breast cancer to have their insurance yanked because some bean counters in a large corporation think it'll improve their stock prices because Wall Street thinks that 40% profits aren't enough. We need 50%, we need 60%, etc. So what the Affordable Care Act did that is critical is, is that it took that out of competition. It said you have to insure everyone. You have to insure people with pre-existing conditions. We'll add more people to health insurance and we'll spread the cost, which is the way insurance is supposed to work unless you have this kind of price gouging and profit taking and, and, and unethical Wall Street speculation, which is what this amounts to. And what this latest act of sabotage, and it's not the only one of this variety, is an attempt to do is again to make it profitable only to insure healthy people. So he is extending short-term plans, which are supposed to be plans people just had as a bridge between insurance policies, to be able to have them be a year long, which means, in essence, they become people's permanent plans, okay? You just re-enroll every year. But they have none of the protections of the Affordable Care Act, so they're junk insurance, which you ever try to use, then you're, you're in big danger because people who are healthy get sick, have injuries, have diagnoses, etc. So they're kind of like, better not have to use it kind of plans, or it'll bankrupt you and maybe you won't get the care you need. And secondly, it allows them to charge more to people with pre-existing conditions, which means they can cream off healthy people, exactly the business practice that the Affordable Care Act outlawed and which is incredibly unethical. And so what it will do is it'll pull healthy people off and put them at risk because they'll have junk insurance, and then it'll raise rates, according to the Congressional Budget Office, about 3% or so, uh, because you'll have the, the risk pool, the people left in the insur uh, affordable marketplace will be uh, that much sicker. And I want to praise Matt. Tammy Baldwin uh, got 44 other senators to sign a letter against this and has been moving to block this rule. So she has been a leader on this. And she points out in her statement that these drug plans don't have to cover prescription drugs, mental health services, substance abuse treatment, maternity care, and people with pre-existing conditions. And then, and she goes on from there. Uh, but quite frankly, she's been as one another yet another reason to reelect Tammy Baldwin. She has absolutely been the leader in the U.S. Senate in trying to fight this latest act of sabotage. Yeah, no, this is partially why I want to talk about this. This is this is the defining issue, one of the huge defining issues in the election, right, particularly as it relates to Tammy. Um, been a leader forever on the notion that we should move from an increasingly, you know, from what has been an increasingly private 
system to a more public system. She's a sponsor of the Sanders uh, bill for universal health care. And so absolutely critical that we get involved in helping Tammy and that we talk to people about this issue because this issue will help move people, particularly it moves independents uh, to understand why it's important to to not reelect a Walker, not to send Republicans back in Congress. And there are some absolutely critical congressional seats that are coming up. And that if if there is a wave that are winnable for Democrats and this issue can be one of those defining issues in the election. Robert, let's talk more about what Walker did, in particular, because <clears throat> it's confusing to people who don't follow the, the technical details of what he did uh, with his reinsurance plan that got, quite frankly, mostly gushing press, right? Help help people understand really what, what this, this junk is. Yeah, and this is another reason for progressive radio. Not only is Battleground Wisconsin heard on... Uh, resistance radio 1510 in milwaukee and 1580 in the madison area but their main show afternoon show the devil's advocates were all over this and not only attacked it on the day but i did a long interview with them as well and so governor walker is very concerned with what you brought up matt that health care is a dynamite electoral issue against conservatives because they tried to repeal the Affordable Care Act and couldn't. There was such a public backlash, okay? They're completely out of step even with Republican voters on this. And so Governor Walker has had seven years of sabotaging the Affordable Care Act and realizes, just like with education, where he put money in at the end to try to soften his image, that he was going to do something. And what he came up with is a corporate subsidy called reinsurance, where insurance companies get a subsidy from us for expensive claims. By the way, no requirement they pass the savings on. Uh, The Walker administration was touting this would reduce premiums 10 12% when they announced this. Well, it got approved by the Trump administration over the last weekend, and they came back with 3.5%. Now, we had a 50% increase on the affordable crack marketplace last year, partly because of the sabotage. So this is a drop in the bucket. And it's only for people who buy insurance on the marketplaces who don't get the tax subsidy. So people who make enough money so they don't. So only 13% of people in the affordable marketplace even will benefit from this. And it's structured as a corporate subsidy. And it doesn't nearly make up for the cost of Walker's and Trump sabotage. Prior to the short-term plan, which would be about a 3% increase, Trump sabotage by the Urban Institute is scored as raising premiums by about 18%. So you can put it over 20%. Walker, by our estimate, simply by turning down the Medicaid money and by allowing also the continued sale of another kind of short-term junk plan, okay, uh, a, a junk insurance plan, has raised them 17%. So between Trump and Walker... That's 37%, which is interesting because if you adopt the Badgicare public option, make that open to everyone, which every Democratic candidate for governor, any major contender, all the ones who have any base, already supports and is running on, uh, that would lower premiums 38%. So we want to go between the two, right? It's It's even more dramatic than that 38%. And so this isn't going to work. I know there are some... Uh, of our members across the state who are panicked that Walker's running a health care ad about how wonderful he is on health care. Uh, mostly he doesn't talk in it because his he knows from his polling he has no credibility as a doctor out front. And second, he's just trying to mitigate the damage. Anyone who's voting on health care who makes that their top issue, 
is very unlikely to vote for Scott Walker. I'm just telling you. So we just need to keep raising this issue because we have them dead to right on this. And we don't not just need to win an election on it, Matt. We need to win with a mandate to open badge care to everyone as a step towards Medicare for all. So, folks, it's really important that you get out and knock doors for these candidates. And, you know, you can be out knocking doors for state legislative candidates. They're all going to be talking to a universe that's going to help expand the electorate and help us win. So do before we go, I do want to announce there's uh, one other volunteer opportunity this weekend that one of our co-op members is involved in. That's Emily Segrist. We'll have details for it. But Saturday, you can meet at the Menominee Falls Library anytime between 9 and 1 o'clock. And you can help out Emily. Emily Segrist in her run for state assembly. So with that, though, we got to run. And we want to thank you for listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We want to thank uh, Carmen Cabrera for joining us and talking about Marissa Bell Cabrera's run for state assembly and Jeff Smith. We got to go. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org.